Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Welcome to This Miraculous Life, broadcasting and recording live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Sarah Oliveri Olumba, and this show is all about tuning in with the miraculousness of life and liberating ourselves from any and all bullshit that gets in the way of that. I have my master's degree in positive psychology, which is essentially the scientific study of human thriving. So where classical psychology studies human dysfunction and how to fix it, positive psychology studies human thriving and being beyond merely functional and how to access and create that. And the two can also be simultaneously pursued. And I have a life coaching practice here in Washington, D.C., where I help people with getting a career that they feel passionate or that they just feel good about going to on a daily basis, having relationships that are meaningful and fulfilling and satisfying, and just connecting with themselves in a deeper, more accepting, more whole way. So that is why I created this show and also just because I have a belief that life is profound and miraculous and I want to be in tune with that every day and sometimes I'm not, you know, there's a lot of bullshit that gets in the way of me being in tune with my strong belief and awareness that life is totally and completely and mind-blowingly miraculous. And so I know that I can use all of these tips and episodes and conversations about how to liberate myself from the BS and tune in with what is most true, which is the miraculousness. I'm here today with the studio engineer, Alexia Brown. Hi, Alexia. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. I'm, I'm glad it's uh, it's like a sort of nice winter day. So that's cool. I know. I'm feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I have for us today our second episode of Happiness Life Hacks. So this is this is sort of a shorter episode where I talk about just a simple tip for tapping into your happiest life and doing some small tweak that will help you to do that, whether that's an action or a shift in knowledge or how you're thinking about something. So today we have happiness life hack number two and the happiness life hack that I have for us today is that you need to prompt your brain to be positive, okay? So what do I mean by that? We talked in a previous episode about the concept of negativity bias. So negativity bias is something that positive psychologists has have discovered. 
And what it means is exactly what it sounds like. It means that the human brain is biased towards the negative. It means that we more naturally pay attention to, remember, focus on, talk about, feel strongly about negative, bad, difficult, challenging things that go wrong, right? The brain is not biased towards paying attention to, celebrating, talking about, spending our energy on, getting wrapped up in, going into a spiral of thinking about things that go right, you know? Now, we don't exactly know why that is. There are some theories which I'm, you know, I'm still deciding if I buy those. One of the theories is that the human brain possesses this negativity bias because when we were cavemen, we needed to be hyper aware of danger and threats in order to survive. And so therefore, we, our brain developed to be hypersensitive to the negative, to the problems, to the things that go wrong, to the threats in our environment, and the way that that shows up in our modern era is that we are hypersensitive to things that are not actually threats, but just small, big and small negative experiences, but including small negative experiences. Like, you know, we are more likely to remember if we you know, drop something on our toe in the morning or drop our toothbrush in the toilet or, you know, get every red light on our way to work, etc. Then we are to remember if we like had a really delicious sandwich for lunch or had a really deep connecting conversation with a client or a colleague during the day, you know. So that is the that is what negativity bias means, whether that caveman explanation is the reason for it. I don't know. But what they say is that if it is the reason, it's not so relevant anymore to our daily necessities. And rather than helping us survive, it's actually getting in the way of us thriving. Because in order to thrive, we know, and this, this, this might come into a, a future happiness life hack, in order to thrive, we know that our experience of positive events has to significantly outweigh our experience of negative events. So even if we have the perception that our experience of positive and negative is balanced, that still puts us in a state where we would not report to a psychologist that we are quote unquote thriving or happy or flourishing or that our life is going really well. So thus, why it is so important to prompt our brain to notice the positive because that does not come naturally to the human brain. The human brain, like I said, the natural default is to be more attuned to the negative. However, we know that in order to thrive, we have to believe 
and be aware that we are experiencing significantly more positives than negatives. We have to be aware that for every toothbrush dropped into the toilet, we had like a lovely commute to work or we had a nice breeze and we could roll our window down or we didn't forget to pack our favorite juice to go with our lunch or all of our clients showed up on time or all of our meetings didn't go over or were productive today or whatever whatever the good or at least decent thing in our day was so how do we do this we have to ask our brain to notice the positive because what our brain is going to do naturally is ask us to notice the negative. And in order to thrive, we have to consciously counteract that. Here's the thing, though. If we do consciously counteract that, it will start to become a habit, right? And when it becomes a habit, then you get to be a little bit less conscious, a little bit less intentional, a little bit less effortful about offering these prompts and your brain will begin to prompt itself, thus correcting the negativity bias and better allowing for you to thrive. Is this, what do you, what do you think about this? How are you, how are you receiving this, Alexia? I'm in it. Please say more. I think about this all the time of like, how do I keep switching to this positive bias but it's just like a very hard thing to commit to totally Um, yeah so I'm I'm invested keep going totally so some of my favorite questions to ask so I think there's a number of ways to do this some of it is just when I think of a prompt a prompt is really a question that you ask yourself or somebody else to answer uh, so that you can find more information and begin to focus on that thing just in the very same way as when we're asked to write an essay often the instructor will offer us a prompt, which is like, this is what the essay is supposed to be about. And within these parameters, you can write about anything. But if the prompt is, tell me about a time in your life when you grew as a person or your most successful accomplishment, then if you write about, you know, the state of the lion population in Africa, you're going to fail the paper because you have not responded to the prompt. So, this is what we need to do for our brain. We have to offer it prompts that are what we actually want it to respond to. So some of my most favorite prompts are just to simply to ask what went well. And it could be about anything. It could be what went well about this conference, what went well today, what went well this week, what went well about this trip, what went well about this podcast episode today. So just what went well. Another favorite of mine is what was the highlight? This is probably my favorite question to ask other people to engage them in positive conversation, but it's also one of my most favorite questions to answer uh, because it just gets me excited. Like, what was the highlight of your weekend? What was the highlight of your week? What was the highlight of your vacation? What was the highlight of your presentation, your day at work, whatever? And I love this question because it allows for the possibility of that bad stuff happened, in my mind at least. You know, when I think about, okay, what was the highlight? I'm, I start to think, okay, well, none of this bad stuff was the highlight. So like weeding that out. And then I start to move on to all of the things that are candidates for the highlight. And I love this question because it gets me to think not only about the highlight, 
but also about all the other things that were possible highlights, which means I'm thinking about multiple good things. And then I get to get excited and share with someone the thing that was most meaningful or most satisfying or most significant to me. And it might be a really small thing, but it it just feels... I love this question because it just feels so satisfying both to think through, to answer, but also to have my answer heard because I feel like it lets someone get to know me when they want to understand what my highlight was and, and not just ask me, you know, propose something that they think was really good that happened to me because what I perceive as my highlight might be actually very different from that. Another similar question that I love is to ask, what was your favorite part? Uh, Whether that's, you know, you could ask this and and you could change the word part depending on if it's not appropriate for the question, but you could ask this about anything. You could ask this about somebody's day. You could ask it about a movie. You could ask it about a a meal that they had. What was your favorite? What was your favorite part of the meal? Uh, So again, I also love this question because it really gets us thinking through all of the parts that we enjoyed And then honing in on the part that we most deeply, excitedly enjoyed and saying something like your favorite or your highlight, it feels like an opportunity for someone to get to know you, you know, or if you're asking the question to yourself, it feels like an opportunity to get to know yourself, you know, because you get to tune in with whatever big or small thing, even if it seems totally insignificant to someone else, brought the most joy or the most meaning or the most significance, whatever positive word you want to fill in there, to your day. So I really love both of those questions. Another question that I love is, what are you proud of? And I think this is a question that people don't ask enough. Uh, But I think it's more relevant than we think. I think you can ask someone any any day, especially any week within within every week. I believe that everyone can and ought to have at least one thing that they are proud of that week. And it could be anything. It could be something major. It could be as simple as, you know, being patient when they were waiting in line at the grocery store and not letting out their own anxiety on somebody else. You know, it could be showing up at the gym when they, you know, weren't weren't feeling good about themselves that day. Uh, it could be calling a friend who they hadn't called in a long time. So I love this question. What are you proud of? Uh, and a one that is popular that I don't always use, but I still think it's a good question, is what are you grateful for? And a lot of people use the gratitude question as a way to have a consistent prompt. So gratitude can turn into a weekly prompt or a weekly exercise. Some people even use it as a daily exercise to say, what am I grateful for today or what am I grateful for this week? Now, here is an interesting piece of research that I'm familiar with. I've noticed that there's sort of conflicting research on the concept of the gratitude exercise, which, by the way, a gratitude exercise very much fits in with what I'm proposing today, which is prompting your brain to notice and focus and spend energy on the positive. 
Now, the question about the gratitude exercise is how much do you have to write and how frequently should you do it? So I've heard mixed research here. Some people do it daily and that works really well for them. But I've also heard another piece of research that says sometimes when you do a gratitude exercise every day, particularly if you're doing one daily and you're writing one thing, rather than really facilitate this shift in the brain that we're going for of being able to focus more on the positive and prompted to focus more on the positive, the gratitude exercise can start to feel like a tedious chore. If we're doing it every day and if we're writing a small number of gratitudes. So the research that I like the most suggests doing a gratitude exercise weekly and that when you do it, you need to generate at least three to five things that you are grateful for. And ideally, those three to five things are not identical every week. Why? Okay, one, because if you do it weekly, it's it's not a te- it doesn't feel as much like a tedious chore. Like, okay, today I have to brush my teeth and do my gratitude exercise. Okay. It's more of a special reflective time. Number two, what that research also suggests is that writing one thing or thinking of one thing that you're grateful for every day is not necessarily enough to create that tipping point of feeling more positive and believing that things are actually more positive and going more positively in our lives. It's it's not a big enough volume of good stuff for our brain to say, oh, wow, you know, things actually are good and positive in my life. But if we have to come up with each time we sit down to do it, at least three to five things, then our brain starts to say, oh, wow, I'm writing a lot of things that I'm grateful for. That must mean I have a lot of things to be grateful for. So I recommend the weekly option because A, it's easier to come up with stuff weekly, you know, looking back on the whole week. Okay, maybe I had one good day, one bad day, one mediocre day. So within all of that, you can find three to five things that you're genuinely grateful for. Sometimes if you're doing it every day, it might start to feel phony, start to feel tedious. But also if you're only writing one thing, that's kind of not enough for the brain to say, wow, actually, this is, I have a lot to be grateful for. So the recommendation is, yes, prompt your brain to ask what you're grateful for. Notice what you're grateful for. If you're going to do it as an exercise, my personal preference and recommendation is to do it weekly and each time you do it, at least three things that you're grateful for. And they can't be the same three things every week. Uh, My last for today favorite positive question and one that's really, I think really gets people thinking deeply is to ask what was wonderful. Uh, And that could be what was wonderful this year? What was wonderful this week? What is wonderful about your marriage? What's wonderful about your job? And wonderful, people perceive wonderful as a strong word, you know? So asking someone what is or what was wonderful, people tend to stop and think more deeply about that and really give pause a little bit more than just asking what went well 
right? And so this question really gets people thinking, well, what is wonderful? (laughs) And then if they are able to, if we are able to identify something wonderful, then we start to, this is a kind of backdoor entrance to the gratitude. If we are able to genuinely identify something as wonderful, the gratitude comes almost without warning, you know, without accidentally, you know, we can't help but feel the gratitude. And on the other hand, you know, frankly, even though this is meant to be a positive prompt, if we can't identify anything wonderful about something, then I think that that gives people, gives and give will give us an opportunity and to pause and say, well, if I can't identify anything wonderful about this thing that I'm doing, about this relationship that I'm in, about this place that I live, then what am I doing here? You know, because yes, wonderful is a strong word, but it's also what we all want for our lives. So those are some of my favorite prompts. And the last thing that I want to, I want to put in here so that nobody gets tripped up by prompting their brain to notice the positive and to not be so subject to the negativity bias is that these questions, these positive prompts, these are best utilized when we are already in a good mood or a neutral mood, okay? That's important. If you are trying to ask yourself or worse, ask somebody else, these positive prompts when you are having a hard time, when something bad did just happen, when you are navigating a difficult emotion, these positive prompts are absolutely going to backfire. They are going to make you or the person that you're talking to feel like you don't understand them, you don't care about their emotions, you're not listening, you're not empathetic, you're not sympathetic, you are insensitive, and you are just trying to distract and create some kind of artificial world in which to live, and you have no space for your own or anybody else's suffering and pain and difficult emotions. And those things are real and legitimate and they absolutely do deserve space, okay? So this exercise is not meant to override the moments when we are feeling negative. That is not how this is meant to be used. Okay, and if we use it that way, it will make us feel more negative, not more positive, right? Because we will, in addition to the negativity that we were, we are already feeling, we will get stuck there, and we will feel like we're not able to express what we're feeling, and we're not able to sit with what we're feeling, and we're not able to move through the negative emotion that we're feeling. We, we won't be able to heal from it. We won't be able to digest it. 
right? So the negative emotion should always be welcome, you know? Yes, going back to the the previous happiness life hack, we should notice if we're engaging in gratuitous negativity, but negative emotion should be welcome. There should be space for it. And the time to try and counterbalance the negativity bias is not in the moment when something bad just happened, right? Or when you're in the middle of grappling with a negative emotion. No, the whole idea of the negativity bias is that our, our brain is either kind of in this neutral state and that when good things happen, we dismiss the information, we fail to absorb it, we fail to expend energy on it. But when something bad happens, we absorb it a lot, we spend a lot of energy on it, we spend a lot of time thinking about it. So the whole idea of these positive prompts is in that neutrality to add in the positivity, right? to balance out the negativity bias by prompting our brain with a positivity bias, right? The questions have a positivity bias. But the moment to exercise these positive prompts, the moment to integrate the positivity bias is not in the moment where you're already feeling down or feeling challenged or feeling like things are really tough for you. Because those emotions, in order to move through them, we have to acknowledge them and we have to be gentle and generous with them, right? The moment to use these positive prompts is when we are, the the best moment is when we're feeling neutral because then we get to reap all of this benefit we other, wouldn't otherwise be reaping. But even when, if we're already feeling positive, these prompts are excellent to sort of savor and to juice and to have a positivity spiral, which is something we never hear about, right? Does that make sense, Alexia? Yes. (laughs) It's good. It's good. Cool. So this is what I would love to leave you all with today, that the happiness life hack is to counterbalance the negativity bias of the brain by offering prompts that have a positivity bias. And these prompts will help us to have a more accurate view of all of the good, all of the wonderfulness, all of the things that we have to be proud of in our lives. And the time to offer our brain these prompts is in the moments when we are feeling neutral or when we're already feeling positive. And both of those will help us get to that tipping point where we are aware and noticing that on a daily basis, more stuff goes right than wrong. 